Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daou, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. Need help creating the online business you've been dreaming about? Well, it's a good thing you're here because that's exactly what we're going to help you with. Hi, I'm Sarah Jansel, a friend and colleague of Sylvie's. I have over 20 years helping build and grow businesses, and today I help people do that on Shopify. If you want to build an online store, redesign one you have, set up email marketing, or just need some coaching or custom work, we can help you with that. Our goal is to help you sell more of the amazing products and services that you want to share with the world. I believe the world would be a better place if more people could build awesome businesses they love. So to help you get started with yours today, you're going to save $150 off a new store or a redesigned store. It's available for a limited time only. And all you have to do to take advantage of this is pop over to www.janselandco.com slash services. That's J-A-N-S-E-L-A-N-D.co slash services. And let us know you heard this amazing podcast to get your quote and $150 off. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle, all things cycling podcast with your host, Sylvie Dawson here in Chelsea, Quebec, Canada. And we have Simon DeBerg. And I just meant it, you said like Simon. He's, you remind me of the singer. <laughs> I'm sure people give that to you. I was like, oh, that's a, <laughs> like Christopher. Um, so he's a cycling coach in the UK. Where specifically are you? I'm based in the southwest of England, so down in North Devon. Now, North Devon, okay. I was trying to find the exact location, but I couldn't. So he is here. I've asked him. I found him on my Instagram, like everyone else. And I've asked him to come on my podcast because he is actually one of the few cycling coaches that I've had on here. And um, so a little bit about Simon before we bring him out. Simon, and I got, um, you can find him on Instagram and Facebook. Simon helps cyclists hitting 40 plus to train effectively so they can cycle hills faster. <laughs> Everybody just wants to get faster on the hills, right? Look and feel thinner on the bike and maintain a high level of cycling fitness. So he is a qualified, experienced, evidence-based coach that with an aim to inform older cyclists how to train efficiently so they can climb hills faster. That's funny because I, I have a, everybody's like, how do I get faster in the hills? Well, where do you want to start? Um, and uh, so I'm super excited to have Simon here. Um, I'm a cycling coach as well. And it's always good to talk cycling coaching with our fellow peers. So welcome to the podcast, Simon. Hey, thanks. So uh, first question of the day or the podcast is always, how did you get into cycling and how did it bring you to 
share your passion of cycling to becoming a coach and helping others? So uh, now, well, look, I'm 51 now, so I've had a fair bit of a history. So am I. Uh, <laughs> okay, when's your birthday? 17th of December. Oh, January 3rd. <laughs> ah, we're very close. Oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> Um, You're not so, quite a Capricorn, but no, I'm Sagittarius, so I'm all yeah. in or not. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Apparently, um, and it is true. I am all in or not at all, not interested. Um, yeah. So, how did we get in cycling? So, as a kid, uh, there's six kids of us, and we grew up in the middle of nowhere in in, <laughs> in Scotland, right? And yeah. the only way, so this is like a precursor to me getting into cycling. But the only way for us to see our friends because they lived five miles away, was to get on a bike and go and see them. So our folks bought us all really basic bikes and we used to cycle miles on them, especially in the summer holidays. And I kind of got, kind of found the joy from that. And then when I left, then left school, etc. cetera, um, I didn't really hit the bike again for a while. I moved to London. I started as a personal trainer and I worked in London for 10 years, helping people do marathons, triathlons, lose weight, weight loss populations. Mm. Um, and then mm. I started doing marathons and triathlons. And off the back of that, I started riding the bike a lot um, because it was the one aspect of triathlon I really loved. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Me too. <laughs> for, the, for the two triathlons that I ever tried. So I, I can say I tried. I did. I did two. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I love triathlon. The issue is, is that my Achilles got very tight. Um, oh. And after a while, I, I was I kept on breaking down. So I, I decided to stop triathlon and stick with the bike because it was the one thing I could do and never get hurt. Um, yeah. So I am. Um, I thought, right, you know what, that's what I'm going to focus on. That, that's how I'm going to enjoy my sport um, and stay active. And from there, uh, I run another company, uh, which is uh, online for training triathletes and Ironmen. But from there, I decided to set up Velo because one of my athletes turned around to me and said, you're still really strong on a bike and you should tell people how to do that. Uh, mm. You know, so I was like, okay. So I sat down and thought about it and developed the thought process of, of building Velo Performance. Um, and also, you know, just making the bike the thing that I do. So people, when they, you know, see me online and, and things like that, they go, okay, this guy rides a bike, you know. Yeah. Um, and I've, you know, that's, that's how I got started and that's where I've got up to right now. Um, so how like, long have you been like an official well are you so do you do more cycling with help in triathlon so what exactly are you doing now as a coach like so i run two companies i run okay. triforce endurance and triforce endurance have been running for 10 years mm -hmm. online um, okay. and has been running for three years um so the the main focus for me at the moment is the ironman triathlon but Velo's grown very quickly. Um, so that's becoming quite a predominant part of what I do. Um, but my experiences, um, everything I've studied 
is to do with long distance, triathlon, Ironman, cycling, mm -hmm. and evidence-based nutrition. Um, so, well, as much as I can coach people along that broad range through swim, bike, and run, I also really focus in on making sure that, oh, and this is the thing I wanted to do because at the age of 51, I wanted to know that what I'm doing in training works. I'm not spending lots of time doing fruitless, silly things. Um, yeah. and, and I want to look good, you know, I want to be 50, 60, 70 and still be able to run, jump, lift, pull, push, ride a bike hard. Nothing gives me more excitement than to go out with the guys and, and for them to to go. How how are you still able to do that? And mm. it's like, well, I train, train right, and so you know, I'm a bit advocate of strength training, as you know. Uh, I look at my nutrition and my diet, and it's just you know. So that's how I got into it, really, and that, and, and that and that's why I love it. Is because it's like, well, people look at what you can do on a bike, and they go. I want I want to be able to do that at your age. I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah, I love it. And my my big thing now, the thing I, I think over the last four or five, six years, I got into doing long distance stuff um, because I did road races, but I always thought that it was way more it's way too dangerous for the reward um, and. Uh, I did pretty well on a couple of road races, but I also did really badly. And I thought, you know, I've, I've taken enough skin off to decide that this isn't for me. Uh, so I decided to go and just aim for doing longer distance stuff. So I ride like 200 mile races and, and do silly self challenges and stuff. Okay. So you're kind of in the same lines as my thought pros, like the way I'm kind of looking at where I am as a 51 year old woman. It's like, I want to make sure I'm looking good, feeling good. And I, you know, I have female mentors that I look up to who are 65 and they're just like crushing it on the bike. And I'm like, I just want to be like them when they're that age and older. And you know, how do you do that? You keep, you keep up your nutrition, your eating, your fitness, uh, mental health community. Um, at this age and I used to race too and I stopped in 2013 uh uh sorry 13 gosh it's been so long but you know in <laughs> in a and I was like you know I'd, I'd like to get back to racing but as a, a cycling racing you know like you remember the pain of the training and the events like they're they're very hard, like they're very hard and taxing. And if you want to be yeah, good, yeah. you've got to be doing it all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm like, so what can I do now that's going to give me the same kind of reward that I felt as a cyclist? And I too am looking at endurance, but I haven't hit the 200, 200 mile mark yet, but I am looking at it and, and, um, and so, yeah, it's like, how do I, and now I'm like, how do I build up my endurance over the next couple of years so that I can do that without like breaking myself apart, you know, yeah. like wrecking myself. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, talk about that. So, I think because, you know, I think one of the things that, like, one thing cyclists are, are really sort of keen to do is ride their first 100, right? You know, it's yeah. a big mile. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I remember when I got actually got back on the bike again, maybe about 15, 16 years ago, riding 50 miles, thinking that's a long way, you know, um, and then building my fitness up to be able to ride longer, longer, longer. And then thinking 100 is kind of where, you know, that, that's, you know, you prep, you prep for it and you think I'm running 100 miles tomorrow. Um, and then it wasn't until eight years ago where I wanted to, uh, I, I wanted to do some charity stuff. Uh, and I said to a friend of mine, I'm going to ride 100 miles every day for 10 days for charity. Um, I'll go to Mallorca because it's nice out there and I'll probably get to the <laughs> yeah, okay. Where am I going to do this, first of all? It's yeah. not in my backyard. I don't so, want to bike when I'm ra- it was raining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't want to do that. So I was, what, mid-40s, uh, mid-40s then? And they were like, really you're going to do that and i was like yeah, yeah, yeah i'm going to give it a try at least i don't know what it'll feel like and i've ridden <laughs> i've ridden 100 miles and i've you know i've ridden you know i've done plenty of training so i knew i had the ability to do it it was just like what's the mental yeah. and the physical aspect of having to do that every day um and it surprised me that actually uh going through the experience it was actually very doable in the fact that as long as you approached it uh, in a very methodical way that you can get these miles out. The, the trick is to not go too hard. Uh, mm. This is where people make the mistake. Um, and is to eat, hydrate well while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And then to eat and hydrate like an absolute pro after you've done it. So you know that you're getting back on the bike in the best condition you possibly can do. So it was about management of the process rather than actually doing the thing, Uh riding 100 miles a day. From there, I remember walking away from that going, well, I don't feel broken and I can walk properly every day after I've done done that. That's important. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay, so I know I'm quite fit and I know I'm obviously robust enough um and it was like well i remember as a coach and and also as a cyclist i was thinking well how why am i in that condition so you know so those people are saying oh, you're 46 you you know you're too old to be doing silly stuff like this now which i i think 46 oh my god <laughs> i know it's just like what um <laughs> yeah exactly but actually i walked away from that thinking that was mark is type two fun at the time but at the end of it i was thinking to myself this is actually something that i really enjoy and enjoy the aspect of doing something that you think you can't do but then doing it Mm -hmm. Uh, because you've done all the groundwork underneath and you know that you're pretty robust and also the mental side of getting on a bike every day and riding a hundred miles every day um and that sort of like that thought process that it doesn't matter what happens I've got to do this because people have sponsored me a lot of money. (laughs) There's no backing out now. Well, that's probably the best way to go about doing it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I think from there, I realized actually what I was doing in training. So the the mundane stuff that people go, oh, this is really boring. Mm -hmm. You know, doing the hard sessions on the bike, hitting the gym on a regular basis and just ticking that off had created this foundation to be able to springboard and go and do bigger, more serious miles. Um, and I was like, okay, but this is where I want to go. So uh, every, I go to Mallorca every year to run a triathlon camp with Triforce. So we run that with the other coaches that 
we're all part of a team. And um, I thought, well, I'm going to ride around the island next time. So it's about 200 miles around the island. It's about 198 miles. Oh, um, wow. And uh, my uh, the people that I was with were saying, I bet you, you can't do it in under 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> Well, then. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, okay, right. I'll give it a try. And actually, I missed it by about 30 minutes. I didn't do it. Um, what do you mean? I, I, <laughs> 13 minutes? But, uh, yeah, 30 minutes. Like you gave yourself a cutoff or you, you decided to stop? Um, I didn't stop. I finished it, but I was late by their timekeeping. Oh, like, okay, okay. I don't think yeah. that even counts. So I finished it. So I walked away from that and said, okay. <laughs> I've never done something of that nature before. And I was like, okay, you know, what do I need to do to change that? But actually that intrigued me. I was like, well, can I, as I get older, get fitter and faster on my bike? Is that something that I can do? Um, so, and I think this is, as a coach, and you'll understand this massively, as you get older, you look at what you can do as a physical being, because I, I don't know about you, I, a lot of people will tell you as you get older, you can't, you shouldn't, you need to slow down. Um, you're crazy. What are you thinking of? All that sort of stuff. And I hear it a lot. I'm really? Like, I think you're yeah, hanging out with the wrong people, Simon. I'm hang yeah, I am certainly <laughs> hanging out with the wrong crowd. But um, the thing is, I don't listen to them. I just crack on and do my own thing. Yeah. Um, and I've got a cool bunch of friends who go, do it. Go on. I, you know, you've got the ability to do this, show them that it's possible. So yeah. I've just been working on that. So two, two years ago uh, in the Southwest, we, we have uh, five sportives, which are some of the hilliest sportives in the country. So they're about hundred and 110 miles. And each one of those has over 11,000 feet of climbing. In wow. It. Um, and I've, Thought, well, you know, I'm going to do another charity event and I'm going to ride one every day back to back. Um, so, yeah, and I was like, okay, I'll do that. And but I'm also going to give myself the time cut off, so I had to do it in six hours. Each one I had to do oh in six hours. Oh my god, that's that's <laughs> that's hard because what if you hit something that's way more that's going to take you more time? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Um, like, because you don't know the route really. And if you give yourself that kind of cutoff, you know, what if, you know, or, or you have like three mechanicals and they take you like an hour and a half to in total to deal with. Yeah. You know? Okay. So riding time six hours. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I think you should just finish it in the day. That's too much pressure. I think. I know, but it was like, I'll, I'll give that a crack. Uh, to be honest, m most of them I was hitting between six and six thirty, but in my mind, I was like, look, try and hit them six, try and hit them six. Um, yeah. And I also was like, actually, if I finish them quite quickly, I can get home and have 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 dinner. <laughs> okay, that that there is way more motivation than the cutoff time. Yeah, the, totally. The like, I have to get home to do something. And I did a race like that. I had to do forty k, and I'm like, I have to get because I was meeting my daughter afterwards to do something. I'm like, I was just like, bah, and I think I I I went the fastest consistently for like almost like it took me under two hours and I just didn't stop because I'm like I have to get home to my car and make <laughs> it back and like I had this time but I was like I just got to do it and honestly that really worked 
Like I wasn't yeah. looking at the time because I didn't have the time in front of me, but I'm just like, I just can't stop pedaling. I just can't stop pedaling. <laughs> <laughs> and I made so, it like, I came first. <laughs> I think there's a big thing about that. So sometimes we focus so much on what we're doing as in sort mm -hmm. of creating that such a mountain in our head that actually, and I always say to people, maybe I'm a little bit, a little bit dim, a little bit stupid, because I, I once I start these things, it's just like nothing really matters about except for riding the bike. I'm not, right. I have an understanding of what I want to do and heart rate power, all that sort of stuff. But actually, it's just a, an essential about eat, drink, ride the bike. That's yeah. what you need to do. Yeah. Um, and it's like, if things come, well, I regularly say to myself, if things happen along the way, deal with it and move on don't let that be the thing that causes you to slow down get you know stop right. all those sort of things so yeah. um it is a, a a strange mindset um but i think it's an, a valuable one so i'm coaching a guy who's just about to go all the way around like a dog's leg all the way around to the uk and he's running about 160 miles every day and he's doing it for charity and we've had this conversation loads about that mindset of just doing um, yeah and we you know both think the same things like just mm -hmm. need to switch off from or filter out all that nonsense yeah. all that stuff that causes you problems and just focus in what you what you need to focus on right now yeah um and uh yeah so i think by doing that has made a massive difference for me being able to help coach my long distance cyclists and athletes because i think everyone gets bogged down in data and timing yeah. All that stuff and it is good to know but i sense something that can pull you back yeah so, i agree yeah I, I i love it uh i love the long distance stuff because again it just allows you to sort of just do you for a bit yeah uh, and um so this <laughs> this year i've done two 200s uh i went back to mallorca this year for, for, tra for training camp um and this time I decided that I'd go around again solo um, and I was going to get it in, a, in as close to 11 hours as possible. So I, I hit it in 11 hours and 11 minutes, uh, uh, which is... I hope I you like, weren't too hard on yourself for those extra 11 minutes. It's <laughs> like, yeah, maybe I, I shouldn't have taken that pee break. <laughs> <laughs> there are some things when you do a solo thing and self-supported that you think... Yeah, I, I can't go any quicker than that. Yeah, <laughs> just... so I have, so I'm going the same route as you as I'm looking at the distance and I have, I want to share this little story with you because mm. maybe you can give me some advice. So last, so the last two years, I've been building up my endurance to like 100Ks every weekend, like, you know, getting them consistent, like once a month, then twice a month. Um, and this year I was almost doing it every weekend, like on Swift. And it was just like, I'm just like, I'm just going out for a hundred K. Like, I don't care what I'm riding on. Wait, you know, like people are like, that's so boring. I go, no, I've got all my stuff set up. Like I'm just going out there for a hundred K and, and I'm just going to do it. Um, but I think I got more ambitious to my goals to start doing these long endurance events that I went and did a charity ride. And I'm like, okay, this is the first back to back. I did 150K, then 116K. And on Monday, I was like, so exhausted. 
and then I had planned to do 150k in two weeks, another event, and I had to pull out. I was still fatigued. Oh, really? Yeah, I actually, I, I was fatigued. I didn't feel like myself for the first three days. Like I was like zombie, and okay. so I think that for me, I need more base building in order to do that effectively and be able to to do multiple events in one month. I think there's more training to be done just so my body gets used to it. But have you come across being like that when you started? Because it seems like you're ahead of me. Like you've, you started this about five, six years ago. So you've been building, yeah. building, building. So where you go out and it's like, it feels like second nature. You just go out on your bike, you just ride. And it like, it doesn't affect your body as much anymore mm -hmm. you know have you felt so, have you come across that in in your cycles like in your years yeah. of building yeah yeah i mean look when i do the back-to-back -back stuff yeah um, i know i'm going to be tired and, and the the latent fatigue from that uh the week afterwards is quite big yeah um, you just need to look at training peaks and the, and, and the training stress score and and your form and balance and stuff you're looking at yeah i'm, I'm tired um, but how do you overcome that? I think ultimately, yes, you, there is a certain amount of volume you have to do in your training and not knowing what you do in your training is tough to advise. But yeah. I think the one thing that's, and it sounds counterintuitive. The one thing is I tend to do like a three week rotation where I sort of build in volume, mm. but I have some staple training sessions that I do, which is pure strength training in the gym a couple yeah. times a week. Uh, hill reps on the bike which is that is a absolute staple whether it's two minutes four minutes eight minutes ten minutes whatever mm -hmm. um and they're progressive depending on what i'm trying to focus on, on and where i'm aiming with my bike and it's have that quality within the training and then set yourself a little target so not doing big miles every weekend because that's quite fatiguing in itself potentially yeah. what i would do is i would target a couple of weekends and go right okay i'm going to do back yeah. to back or I'm going to do one very long ride at the end of a block. And right. that'll allow you, it takes longer to get to that fitness and that, that ability, but that'll allow you to not get into that stage where you feel super fatigued. Because potentially yeah. you're carrying fatigue, in my mind, potentially carrying a lot of fatigue from the rides the weekend before and the weekend before that yeah. going into back-to-back -back rides. So, yeah, it's it's a tough one to answer, not knowing the full history. But well, yeah. generally, well, that's what I do with my long rides, and I do ride longish now most of the time. But if I'm going to go and do, I don't know, a couple of hundreds back to back, I wouldn't do a hundred the weekend before. I yeah. would really, I'd probably back it off fractionally on the on the total volume, keep the intensity there, but drop 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 it back off. And that way, I know when I'm going into my because it's a lot of mileage, two one hundreds yeah. or going two hundred miles, it's a lot of mileage straight off. You don't want to go in to that with loss of leg fatigue um mm. and then potentially i always think with the nutrition uh it's it's just the one thing i think athletes and cyclists get wrong is is hydration um i say this to all my guys doing uh ironman if you get that speaking of nutrition uh, hydration <laughs> if you get your hydration wrong 
you're in you're you're instantly going backwards yeah um and there's not much you can do to recapture that um <clears throat> so it is something that i'm really mindful of when i'm doing these things and mm -hmm. then it's just about being religious with how you feel that ride because it's not about just yeah. feeling that ride how you eat on that bike affects your recovery mm -hmm. going into your recovery if that makes sense yeah um, so it's you know it's just that practice and learning and look let's face it i've got this wrong, <laughs> I've got wrong. I've i know it's better. trial and error like and, and also even if i know better sometimes i've i mean i did it what did i do the other week i went out with my with my uh, mate, he and I are going to Tour de Mont Blanc in, uh, on Saturday and we're going to go and race the Tour de Mont Blanc race in France. And we went out and we did a, a 80 mile bike ride and I should know better, right? It was warm in the UK and I had two bottles of water uh, on the bike. And when I got home, I was like, oh, what have you just done? Yeah. And I woke up the next day, like I'd, I'd gone out and had a party. <laughs> <laughs> but does it like when I biked in the UK and I've only biked a couple times, like you literally have water, water fountains, like everywhere, like yeah, not, not in not Canada. If you go out, you better have water because you probably will never see a drop of it until you're finished. So, yeah, no, not where I live. Um because i live i live live in the country in the middle of nowhere so yeah but um, like it's these little villages you roll into and there's like this fountain right in the middle you just stop and fill up your water no is that just france that's just france that's oh <laughs> sorry <laughs> anyway there are obviously there are shops and i've just made i just made that fundamental silly error which we can all do from time to time shoot me i'm human um but it did remind it it did remind me that it's like actually just so important to get that right and don't do it on on event day because you know you, you're gonna have a really bad day if you do it that way um, yeah and i think that's the cool thing about what we do right we can you know occasionally and i think that's what's great about you as a coach and what's great about coaches still doing it is you're doing it so you can yeah. even if you know what you're doing you still sometimes make the mistakes um I never I make mistakes, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, well, like, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And, and I think it's really good. And, and this is how I coach for my guys. And I, they, when they see what I do, and I tell them about what I've, mistakes I've done, and we laugh about it. But it's yeah. a good little learning curve for them all. They look at it and go, mm, okay, but he knows what that feels like. It's horrendous. Uh, <laughs> don't do what i did yeah don't do do what the coach says not as he does yeah that's right <laughs> i mean it's all um, on paper here just follow this <laughs> yeah, yeah totally. well, that's... <laughs> don't, don't follow me um but it, you know this is the thing i think this is the thing i love about sport and testing yourself mm -hmm. and it's the whole thing why i like riding the bike and testing myself and also i quite like the fact that even at you know at my age and, and aiding going forward, I'm still really focused on having a lot of power on the bike because I, I ride out with my, there's a local bunch of guys that ride out on a Tuesday, and there are lots of disparate different people, um, mm -hmm. so from 18 year olds right through to like 50s, uh, and you know they're all very strong riders, uh, yeah. and you, you want to be able to 
hang with those guys as much as you possibly can. So my whole focus is having that ability to do that, but still do what I enjoy on the long distance side of things. And I, yeah. um, you know, well, I think we're very similar. It's like strength training, power, st- power training, um, and just, you know, thinking about your recovery. Really. Important. Yeah. And uh, sleep. Yeah. Sleep yeah. is, you know, honestly, I think if there's anything that needs help work for me is the sleep thing yeah. is I, I'm just like, yeah. And it, it makes a huge I, difference. What have you found? Cause I think as I've got older, my, my insomniac self has got worse <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Are you going you through menopause? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I got menopause. We got menopause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we we do a little bit. Um, have you found anything that works particularly well for you? To to get a better night's sleep. Yeah. Um. Well, see, I haven't hit full menopause yet. I'm I'm waiting for it to. Maybe I'm in it. I don't know. But um, what I have st- what I try to do is stretching before bed um because i find and i don't know if it's the same for men but my legs are very active like at night like i have to like i don't know just massage the muscles down i i have a a, a, i have a a club i have a rollers i have the the electrics they like i've got a bunch of things and um to spend time massaging my legs so they're relaxed when i go to bed then I've got earplugs and my my room has to be super dark. Um, and I try not to drink water before because then I'm up peeing. So there's, you know, <laughs> there is that. Yeah, there's that. Um, yeah. So that's what I try to do. And I track my my sleep patterns, too. So, yeah. you know, like how much sleep did I get? Which is astonishing because my average is like six and a half hours. So don't tell Joe, but I know you watch, you listen to Joe's. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, dude. So I, and I think about that a lot because yeah. um, I also started using, and I don't know if you use this, but my Fitbit has a smart wake alarm on it, which wakes yeah. me up as I'm coming out of a sleep pattern, opposed to waking me up in the middle of a sleep pattern when I need to get uh-huh. up. And I found that had a huge effect on me positively. I started it in January. Um, so I'm no, no longer shocked out of sleep. I now am woken, like it wakes me up, like it vibrates on my arm. So it's like, it's like a little shock <laughs> as I'm coming out of my sleep pattern, but I can feel myself waking up, right? And um, so that's had a big positive effect. But it's just getting to bed earlier. I'm I'm trying I'm that, trying to figure it out. Yeah. I think the wearable technology is is definitely a really big beneficial help. Um, yeah. Okay. I, it's like something I, I I tend not to. So I used to have um, uh, a tracker, but mm-hmm. you know it, it died, and I was like, I can't. I, I just I'm not going to get another one, and I'll be fine. <laughs> um, but yeah. <laughs> Oh, you don't need to know. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, yeah, I don't need to, it's like, I just need to go to sleep. But actually, over time, I've figured out now what I tend to do is I generally switch off from all TVs and social media from, from a certain point. Yeah. So I have a cutoff point. Um, and I try not to train too late because that mm, generally... That's another one, I, too. And yeah. I don't tend to do a lot of foam rolling before I get up, but I tend to do maybe like 10, 20 minutes reading a book. Um, yeah, I do that sometimes, yeah. yeah. Just to switch <laughs> off. That works really nicely. And also I set bed and wake times, regardless whether it's weekends or weekdays, exactly the same. Uh, and so I, what time I, do you I, get to bed? Regular. I aim to get to bed by 10. Okay, um, so that's kind I'm of the same. The, yeah, and I get up uh, at a, about 5. So I naturally wake up now run about 5.30, 5.40 yeah. in the morning. Yeah. Um, and I find that works. And I sleep, yeah, and I sleep pretty soundly. And I feel mm -hmm. energized from doing it that way. Uh, yeah, but, you're yeah. right. You like, know, sleep, I think you're right. Yeah, I don't know about you, but you, I, I have some coaching sessions that are in the evening or I go out for a ride in the evening. That's another thing that, that you need time to come down off of as well. But here's a question, and I saw this on your Facebook, and it was a question that I have been trying to figure out if I'm doing it right. But, and this, for our listeners, this might be something for you guys to think about too, is strength training. And who uh, of our listeners, like maybe comment in YouTube or on, on uh, Instagram page, but do you strength train and in your season? So I wanted to talk to Simon about this because I saw it was one of his last posts on his Facebook page. And <clears throat> I strength train year round. I change it up in the on season. So not as much legs. But my question is um, the timing of your strength training. Is it, um, is it before or after? Um, do you have a, I, I believe like everybody's different. Everybody's schedule is different, but what's your take on, on the, the strength training for your legs mostly um, in conjunction well, with your training training? Yeah, so predominantly I, I tend to I try to keep my strength training short because obviously I'm doing a lot of cycling mm -hmm. but, and I do um, track bar deadlifts, squats, leg extensions, step ups, things of that nature. Right. Um, and a couple of push pull exercises, because if you do a lot of uh, cycling, a lot of long distance cycling, I can guarantee you this after riding a couple of hundred miles, you will feel your lats and your chest yeah. quite a lot. Mm -hmm. So to have a bit, have strength in those muscles is important. And the more I strength train, the less I ever feel it. Um, so, yeah, I, I generally what I try and do over the winter is build as much strength as I can. So I do pure mm -hmm. strength training where I'm lifting heavy and I'm uh, lifting less repetitions and more sets, but a lot of recovery in between. Mm -hmm. So I think I've got my deadlift up to about 120 kg this year in over the winter wow. um and and it's still holding over the summer 
at about around about 110 kg. The difference is is that my um, my total volume of that lift over the summer is slightly less, um, and I'm doing a little bit more um, reactive strength training. So I will drop, so I'll lift heavy and I'll drop the weight down and I'll uh, lift the weight fast, lift a lighter weight, a much lighter weight, fast off the ground, yeah. um, just to activate all the muscle units. Um, so I've been doing that. So the volume comes down, the, the, the weight still stays the same as much as I possibly can hold on to it because that's the goal. It's not trying to get any stronger. It's just trying to maintain it over the, over the summer months. So then when I go back into the gym, I, have, there's a, I haven't lost so much because I've done nothing that I'm starting from scratch again. Yeah. I, I've held on to as much as I can and I can get back into the gym and lift it even further. That's, mm. the, that's, the, get, that's the goal. So get back into the gym in the winter and go, right, I was at 110. Where can I get over this winter? So when I go back into the summer, I'm mm. stronger than I was last time. Um, yeah. And that's kind of how I do it. So it depends on what my what I'm aiming for. So if, a couple, if I've got a couple of long distance things that I'm doing, or maybe a, a couple of serious sportives that I want to take part in, I might do one strength training session a week running up to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but for most of I get two sessions in a week. Um, because again, as you get older, you lose muscle mass and you lose strength quite quickly. So if you don't hit the gym, then in my mind, and I've noticed it just from performance, if I didn't yeah. do that, I would start to get slower. And I'm like, I don't want to be slow. I want to be fast. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, in fact, after this, I'm going straight to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Because this morning, because, so why I asked, so I do much shorter, like Tabata style. So 50 seconds on, 10 seconds off, three times around. Um, and this morning, Wednesdays are leg days, like I was mentioning, my last last week's leg days I couldn't walk or sit well for like a day or so and then I was fine for my Saturday ride but um but so I got one leg day and two upper body and core days and so it's usually three and they're no longer than 20 minutes so fast and effective um is what I aim for Uh, and I find that that has because like you said, like you still work your upper body, your core a whole lot yeah. when you're cycling. Um, and it makes a huge difference. I found like my hill climbing, uh, endurance, less fatigue, um, more, more power. Yeah. So, and yeah. I think, you know, if you've got upper body strength, just from a bike perspective, if you can hold on to the handlebars while you're putting power through it and and transfer that power through the upper body because you're strong enough to do that especially when you're under pressure you'll be able to push that power more through the bike but here's the other thing that you know we do this for fun right so you want to strength train to look good at the same time right of course (laughs) (laughs) of course you know it's like summer yeah exactly exactly so it's like this is the thing i and and we're getting older too you know in our 50s this is like I found the the most crucial time to really be focusing on that because well guys not so much the same but women like our skin changes like the muscle definition I find like disappears way faster and uh, yeah. that was one thing I noticed and that's why I'm like so 
Yeah, maybe, but you know, I think most people just don't look after themselves well enough. And I keep saying this. <laughs> I keep saying this. this <laughs> I don't want to be eighty and not able to get out of a chair. Um, yeah. So I'm thinking long term as well as what I can do on a yeah, bike. Plus, sure. it's really good to look badass in a t-shirt, right? I know. Badass, yeah. <laughs> badass in a bikini. You got a t-shirt, but I totally yeah. agree with you. And and you just look younger. I see. I think this the biking keeps you young looking, or maybe it's just this light hair. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So sure I you. also noticed on your your YouTube channel that you you went out for your first gravel ride, which I was oh, yeah. I kind of chuckled. I'm like, oh, that's cute, and I was like, I wonder what he thought, because <laughs> I too just started. I felt the FOMO of the gravel, the lure of the gravel, because everybody was getting a gravel bike, and I live actually very close to like all the road is over here all the gravel is up there like and, and i'm not very far from it and uh so i was saying you know what i've ridden all these roads so many times it's so nice to see something different but be able to bounce back to my road like one weekend gravel the next so and it is totally different as i'm sure you found you felt it is so um I was out in Girona and I have some friends who run a cycling um, camp and, and a beautiful old farmhouse. Um, and they said, look, come out for a week and we'll, you know, ride bikes and we'll, uh, you know, we'll go up to Andorra and ride bikes from there. And, and Ed, who's a great chap, who's like, we're going to get you to do some gravel. And I was like, oh, I'm a road cyclist. I don't do gravel. And he was like, come on, come on, come on. It's great gravel experience around here. So I said, okay. So I came down after breakfast one day and he'd taken my road bike and put it to one side. He said, we're going graveling today. <laughs> um, so the YouTube Damn. channel is basically, come on, let, yeah, yeah, let's go. I, I kind of enjoyed it, 100%. It looked um, really nice. I mean, it's a, the routes it's amazing. you were on. Yeah. So in Girona, so we were outside of actually main Girona in a place called Banyolas. Um, and the routes are all beautiful gravel um, because they're made pre predominantly by the farmers to ride their bikes backwards and forwards to the farm. Oh, um, really? Huh. Yes, yeah, so there's a massive network of gravel, so it's an amazing place to do it. Um, and we went just on a nice, easy, e easy ride that wasn't super technical, and it was just a bit of fun. And um, when I came back, Ed was like, are you going to sell the BMC and become a gravel rider? I was like, no. Uh, no. <laughs> Nice try, though. But, that's, but, but here's the thing. I think if I lived in Girona, I would do a bit more because it's so, it's so easy to get out on, on beautiful gravel and just enjoy the experience. I would go and do that. But in where I live, it's more mountain bike territory. It's not gravel oh, territory. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, you know, because where I live, it's very hilly. So you're either going up or down. And, right. You know, so being a roadside just is it's a lot easier than it is to be a gravel rider around here. Um, right. So, but if I lived in Girona, which I'd love to do, I would definitely do a bit of that because it's just <laughs> something different. Definitely. But do you find, yeah. cause so <clears throat> I find I'm finding that a lot more of the endurance cycling events out here in North America are gravel based 
like yeah. because of where they are the proximity like where they're like the whole route is way more based on gravel roads a little bit of road um unless they're like a charity ride and then they're like you know they're their roots around the the state or something but do you so find that I think that's like if you're going to be doing your endurance rides your endurance events that you might find that some of them are going to be half gravel half road yeah. or i think realistically when you look at it in the uk the gravel is depending on where you live because it's such different terrain right but the, certainly from where i live it's it's not such a big mecca for for gravel riding but if you go further up north it it is um and you know so if, uh, i think predominantly for me no however i think that's definitely becoming very trendy so people are, are locking into that and, and thinking how can we make this accessible for everybody and that can't okay. be that's only a good thing for cycling in my book uh you know <laughs> it's like get people on bikes <laughs> oh yeah i totally agree with you however um, and i'm like there's really no excuse for anybody to not get on bikes these days because I'm like e-bikes that takes care of the rest of the population unless you can't well you have to afford them but but it's getting people on them well yeah but nobody can afford petrol right now or or gas so yeah. um uh, <laughs> so they might as well buy a bike because it's cheap yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean I think in the UK or UK or even Europe and as in general is way more uh cycling oriented than north america here uh -huh. we've got our big trucks our big cars you know like and um what's yeah. the there's a good question what's the traffic like with you so is it pretty tough um you know what it really depends where you live coming off covid it doesn't seem very bad um, people are a lot of people are still working at home and a lot of people migrated to the country because they were working at home. Um, so I've I personally where I live, I live in the country. I don't spend too much time going to the city. And when I do, it's kind of against traffic whenever mm -hmm. I do. So I have not experienced a whole lot, but I hear it on the radio. There are some areas that are very like what way worse than others. So yeah but okay. i do yeah. i mean I'm, i did I'm love living in the city and commuting for sure but and again i'm lucky i live in the, in the country so i don't have so much stress yeah. and anger from uh, <laughs> car drive <laughs> i'm glad i don't live in a city <laughs> yeah i'm kind of glad grateful we moved out here about 20 years ago um and uh it's been beautiful so but uh, so, Simon, where can everybody find you? Great well, cycling uh, coach that you are in the UK. I've got my, well, so I've got different channels. So I've got my website, which is uh, veloperformance.club. Um, mm -hmm. And then I'm on Instagram as veloperformance. I'm on Facebook uh, as veloperformance and um i've got a youtube channel which is fellow performance um and uh, very good it's very yeah i managed to keep them all the same that is um, very, you know that is nice <laughs> it's yeah. good when you can do that i'm trying to do yeah. that in the process now changing everything over to cycle fitness i'm like yeah, I, yeah it's tough 
Um, so people can find me on on there and connect if they if they want to. Um, mm. The YouTube channel's like two years old, and I've just started to grow it over time. So it's very small, but it's it's tough to do a YouTube channel. Um, and I quite enjoy it. I, I, I'm just learning the process of how to tell a story uh, and how to make it interesting and a bit more fun. Um, so sometimes I suck at that. Sometimes I'm okay. Um, at it. Well, maybe but, you can give me a couple tips because I'm just like, here's fitness stuff. Here's some, here's the podcast. And, uh, I try and get some cycling tips up there once in a while, but mm -hmm. there's it's so many different, you know, stories videos posts oh maybe you'll deal with a client once in a while, like when you have <laughs> <laughs> i uh, I, th I think with the social media stuff i just try and have fun with it you know yeah uh, yes that I, I try and i have mostly fun with it but i also have a uh, post where i'm doing educational pieces and things like that mm -hmm. so there is a good blend of good quality information as well as having a bit of fun but even the bit of fun is you know, educational, that's the whole idea of it. it but I, I've, you know, if someone said to me a year ago, do reels every day, uh, I, I'd have laughed at them and said, no. I know. Um, but, but now I do them because like, well, look, look, here's the thing, if the kids can do them, I'm doing them. Um, <laughs> do you have kids? <laughs> no. <laughs> but what oh, I'm saying is, if the they... kids on YouTube can do them, or you sorry, on Instagram can do them and do them every day, and make them funny and interesting. I can learn from these guys and try and do the same sort of thing. Mm. Um, and uh, my, I've got a twin brother who has a wine merchant, and um, he's like blown away by how social media can really influence your marketplace. Um, and he's like, "Well, I can't do that." I said, "No, but the thing is, you can. Everybody can. They just need to get over their fear of looking old." balls toothless all that sort of stuff and just do it <laughs> i think you feel like i don't know i'm gonna take i'm gonna take some tips off of your page and maybe just copy you because i'm like I, I i just like get too serious <laughs> I'm like, you've got to have some fun i don't think that's the thing so there's i know yeah i'm fun outside but i'm like i get like you know you just get like so like i want my message across and you're like i don't but anyways, I, so I, I, yeah, so yeah, the, the YouTube and stuff, stuff, so you can find me now. <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure getting to know you. I feel like you're like my brother from you know, another mother in another country. <laughs> uh, no, it. I don't know. I just I I, I love what you're doing because it's what I'm trying to emulate now. Um, but I start, you know, like I just. I, you know, I just made that decision when I, I turned 50. Um, not not like the health part, but like the cycling endurance part. Um, mm -hmm. I've always been like, you know, stay healthy long term. This is what I'm looking for, you know, working towards. This is why I do everything that I do and help people do that as the same. But yeah, so it's it's really cool to meet somebody um who's doing the same thing like, well thank you i've really I, it's been fun this <laughs> I, I love doing the old podcast here and there um because i don't have my own podcast um but it's just fun to talk to people and connect with people through social media mm -hmm. uh, and and listen to you know what they're up to and and also you're doing things that 
other people are trying to emulate at the same time too. So you're showing people it can be done, which is, I think is fantastic. Uh, and the more, it's cool. It's it, more people can do that, the better. You know, you're showing 51 year olds and older that it's possible to be fit, strong, and go and do stuff that they think is out of their reach. Because yeah. you're, you know, which is great. Yeah. Well, thank you. So with that, everyone, um, you can find Simon all over social media, as mentioned, everything will be in the show notes. You please follow our podcast at Secrets of the Saddle podcast on Instagram and on the YouTube channel. And, uh, we have a newsletter that you can sign up for if you never want to miss an episode like Simon's, um, and get some extra cycling tips in the, at the same time. So thank you so much, everyone. Have an amazing day and thank you again, Simon. All right, gang, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Simon DeBerg from the UK. I can't believe I, I just had so much fun talking to him. And maybe it's just the UK um, mentality or personality. But um, as coaches, it was exciting to talk to another cycling coach that had the same mentality and mindset as myself. And, you know, I wish simon all the luck with his endeavors that he's working towards and you know if you're looking for a cycling coach on uh, to help you get over the hump you know simon sounds like an amazing person to be talking to and he knows his stuff so with that i hope you enjoyed the episode and make sure you're following and join our cycling newsletter Link is in the description so you don't miss an episode and also gaining some extra cycling tips from me. So with that, have an amazing day and we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Let's not forget to thank Sarah Jansel, the Shopify queen for supporting the show. Remember to go visit Jansel and co backslash services to contact Sarah about getting $150 off having your own Shopify store created, or if you currently have one, have it revamped. Get your online store ready for the fall slash Christmas season by automating your business and freeing up time. Check out Jansel & Co. Super excited? Please visit our new page at buymeacoffee.com backslash secret saddle pod. If you love what you're hearing, supporting the podcast with a purchase of a coffee would be greatly appreciated and helpful to keep the podcast going. Also providing a separate rating and review and thoughts about the podcast are hugely helpful. Thank you very much and have an amazing day. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast, learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. 
It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.